0: Log Talk Radio. Welcome to the Garden. 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 Welcome to Lynn Serafin's Garden of the Soul, exploring personal empowerment, life purpose, balance of mind, body and spirit, and how to tap into the inner hero that lies within every human being. Good morning and good afternoon, Blog Talk Radio, and welcome to Lynn Serafin's Garden of the Soul. My name is Lynn Serafin, and I am a coach, a book promotion coach, and and also author of the book, The Garden of the Soul, Lessons from Four Flowers that Unearth the Self. And also of the upcoming book, I'm so excited, the upcoming book, The Seven Graces of Marketing, How to Heal Humanity and the Planet by Changing the Way We Sell, and that's coming out in December, and I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. Today is Wednesday, the 5th of October, 2011, and we are broadcasting as usual from Bedford, England, where it is currently 6pm, and I have to tell you, it is blustery out there. It's been gray and really, really windy all day. I can't, I'm looking out the window, and I can't believe that only on saturday we had one of the hottest days of the year it was like it was like august out there so it was like you know i can't can't quite figure it out go figure what can i say but it feels like october now typical english october tonight is called healing into consciousness and my very special guest is modern day mystic spiritual guide and best-selling author of the book called in search of the miraculous healing into consciousness eliza mata dalian now eliza uh, i ha- I should mention also that that book was also a seven time award winning book which that's pretty impressive i'd like to find out more about that when when she was very little, she saw her grandfather die when she was at the, when she was five years old, and that's when she started asking, Who am I? Where do I come from? We're going to find out about that journey what how that that one event took her on a whole journey of self awareness and how that eventually led to her developing something called, that she calls the Dalian method, which is a way of healing that identifies and erases all beliefs and sabotaging imprints from the body's cellular memory. Good evening, uh, Mada. How are you today? Hello, Lynn. I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, and I, I'm, I apologize for my voice for being a little raspy. I've been having um, some issues with that lately. So. Mada, I'd love to hear a little bit about your, uh, you know, how you started on this journey. In your bio, it said that it started with your grandfather's death when you were five. Tell us a little bit about that. What, what happened uh, at that time, and you know, what went through your mind um, at, at such a young age? Uh, well, what happened is um, I saw,
1: I saw him struggle course before he died and um, I saw my mother and my aunt they were uh, really I could see their helplessness trying to help him with his pain and Mm -hmm. um, what I saw him grab um, this bottle of morphine and and he um, you know just um, because, as you know, morphine you're not supposed to drink it like uh, from a bottle, but and it was used to to ease his pain. I believe he had cancer, and I saw him um, in in such desperation, grab it and and drink from it. And very soon after, uh, everything became very calm and peaceful. And um, of course, he left his body. And mm-hmm. I remember that night sleeping in my bed, and we were visiting, actually. My mother was there just to help him out, and I was sleeping in the next room thinking to myself that now he died and he's not going to see the world, and the world is going to continue just as it's continuing right now with him not being there any longer. And I thought, well, the same thing is going to happen to me. And the question arose then, who am I? what am I doing here, where do I come from, and what is my purpose here? And these are the kind of questions that, you know, we, we only ask, most of the people ask when we're fa- faced with death. Um, and th- to start with uh, with a five-year-old, of course, that's uh, quite an impressive start because then it sort of sets the foundation for you to start asking those questions, even though you might not consciously remember and, of course, I forgot about those questions as time went on, but then they came back to me um, uh, at around 20, uh, in my 20s, early 20s, when I discovered uh, I, I, I was um, uh, sort of um, wasn't even searching, But but, you know, as they say, when the disciple is ready, the master appears kind of situation. And I started mm-hmm, my search mm-hmm. at that time consciously
0: where did the search lead you
1: what did you find when you well I I started yeah I started first first, um, I started reading books by um, you know interestingly enough the first um, I I moved from Russia to uh, Montreal Canada in 1976 Mm -hmm. and uh, met this Russian woman who was who had gone through the war and uh, you know, very sweet, uh, very loving woman that we became good friends. And she had a beautiful um, spiritual library. And the first book that um, that I sort of dr- was drawn to and I started reading was Life After Death. And that opened Bye. up the door. It sort Bye. of like opened up that, uh, you know, uh, experience. Uh, you know, I don't even remember Okay. <laughs> I don't even remember. It was a tiny little book and this was like <laughs> in seventy six and I and and it sort of opened up the door and after that I started reading books by Edgar Casey and mm-hmm. and then I graduated to to the next one was Spensky's book on Gurdjieff, in Search of the Miraculous. Yes. And yes. that one totally impressed me in a way that I thought, oh finally, somebody's uh, you know, speaking a language that I, I resonate with, and and I see the depth, and I want to find out more. And of course, Gurdjieff is very complicated in some ways, where he talks about you know the seven archangels and then and you know the seven uh, paths and, and the way he describes the energetic um, uh, phenomena as we are uh, in our human you know existence. So mm-hmm. that that then led to the book um by Osho and when i when i read osho he he totally blew my mind and um uh of course you know he has so much that he he can offer that he he offers to people with um uh, almost 300 books in publication and um translated probably in 50 over 50 languages and at that time I had no idea who he was, but the book impressed me so totally, and it was called Beware of Socialism. And <laughs> so I became very curious about reading more uh, about what he said and listening to his talks that were recorded on tapes um, and started doing his active meditations. And that completely opened up a, a new experience of actually um uh, taking me away from my mind that was trying to cognitively understand things and bringing mm-hmm. me closer to myself in terms of experiencing what i was trying to uh, mentally understand because old mm-hmm. books are good they prepare us you know they prepare us to have a certain understanding but um then there is the next step that needs to be a practical experience of what we are reading so that we really have the understanding the true understanding which will be in the entire body versus just the mind. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think any any truly um you know mystical practice says that you know, the, the real you know, real wisdom is not something you can put into words, it's something that you know without knowing. Um, you know, I think that that's exactly what you're describing here. So you went through this, this kind of transformation, or this you went on this journey, and, uh, and I'm imagining that then, you know, something really touched you and you experienced something. What happened to you as a result of experiencing that? How was your life different at that point? Well,
1: the, the, the perception of reality completely changes. So the experience was, you know, we we all hear and we re, re read about self-realization and enlightenment and you know, especially when you become really um excited about the journey, then the the focus becomes enlightenment. And mm-hmm. with that focus there is a lot of tension and stress that starts building up, believe it or not, because uh, the mind still is trying to reach somewhere. And mm-hmm. um even even though you know it, it does have that focus, and 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 um, as uh, you know from the history, for example, if you look at Buddha's uh, um, life and how he came to his experience of enlightenment, he he did uh, he went on on a very I call it severe search, but nothing mattered. Except mm-hmm. knowing who who am I, and that's what happened with myself as well. I I left behind my training in education and architecture, and um, I completely focused on this question: Who am I? I need to find what this thing called enlightenment is. And
0: eventually, did it led me. Sorry, Mada, did you go off somewhere? Did you did you go on a retreat? Did you go into the mountains? How did you do? That? Oh. How did you physically do that? Well,
1: I uh, I was very fortunate that that um, I spent time in the Buddha field that was created by Osho in America, mm-hmm. and th- you know there was like a, a huge space where there were, at times there were five to twenty thousand people meditating. Just imagine the power of that, and you mm-hmm. are in the presence of an enlightened master, and that energy field where everybody's actually, the focus is um, uh, finding yourself, the focus is meditation and looking in. Basically, instead of projecting into the world, you um, introspect. So uh, I spent many years, um, well, I I spent about um, a year in uh, in, in Inosha's presence in Oregon, and this is where I put in, uh, all my focus, and I did this three-month call, uh, thing called dehypnotherapy, where uh, m- meditation in the morning, throughout the whole day, working on peeling the layers, and then um, meditation in the evenings, and listening to Osho's talks. And it was so intense and so focused that in that time, I had several experiences that led me to the, to that profound experience of Um, seeing that I I was not my body, I was not my emotions, I was not my um, thoughts, and my whole body actually turned into light. It was like an explosion of light where everything disappeared except the awareness um, that I even the I, well the, the I amness. So there's that sense of amness. But even the I disappears because then suddenly there's this recognition that I'm not separate from the universe. That I am mm-hmm. actually the universe. Like Kabir says, um, the ocean drops in. You know the, the drop drops into the ocean, and the, the ocean drops yes. into the drops. So it, yes. it felt like the whole universe was in my body, and dissolved the body and. Uh, there was no more separation and the understanding that everything within the universe is joy and everything is... Um, uh, the the creation itself is where the experience of joy arises. So so joy arises out of the creation that the existence, universe, continually creates and expands. So what we project, um, you know, what we think is God basically the creator, it's the universe that endlessly creates. And with that awareness, you know, all the, um, and I I must say, because you started with with, uh, talking about death, uh, what what Mm -hmm. happened just prior to that experience, when I had that experience, I many times came very close to feeling that death. Uh, of the body and and almost like yeah. the body would start trembling with fear and the ego mm-hmm. i could see the ego so clearly that is trying to hold on to the body and and is afraid of the unknown and 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 my body at that time was so exhausted from from all this work that i was doing all this you know meditations from early morning waking up at five o'clock going to bed at eleven and of completely focusing and watching my breath and watching my body and watching you know doing this work of looking in mm-hmm. then finally i was so so exhausted that one day one morning i went to the meditation called dynamic this is also just, um uh you know it's a crown it's a meditation really uh of all his meditations and uh I, I said to myself if i drop if i drop dead so be it. I totally accepted Yes, mm-hmm. I totally welcomed it. And, and because I knew, I had an understanding, it's my ego that is afraid to die. And even though mm-hmm. you know it mentally, intellectually, it's still hard to let it go. So so because my body was tired, the ego, when the body is tired, suddenly there is that sense of the ego start, starts to dissolve. It doesn't have that much grip on us. So in that moment when I accepted death and stepped into it, this is where the transformation happened, this is where the experience happened.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was with my mom when she passed away, I mentioned that earlier. Um, she was also ha- taking a lot of morphine because she was dying from cancer. Um, there is a point where you see a shift in where people, you know, they they're struggling, struggling to stay, struggling to stay in that body. And then there's a point where you see people who they just say, as you say, the body is just, is just so tired that they say, "Okay, I'm fine. I've made peace with it now. Now, now I'll go." Um, what is it? Let's say we apply that same wisdom to living instead of dying. You know, living every day. How mm-hmm. can how can we apply that wisdom, that letting go, while still being in the body? Well. This is a very,
1: very good question and very, very important question, and I think this is something that needs to be um, trained from very early age, and we need to bring in the awareness of death into our education system. Because unless there is a a preparation and understanding that life is temporary, it's it's impossible for somebody once they got get to the end of their life to suddenly suddenly accept that okay this is the end of my life and I can you know uh, I can let go of my body. What happens is that because we don't have that education about death, we naturally cannot live our life fully because we we'll always stay in fear, and fear is mm-hmm. one of the uh, most um, devastating things that 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 keeps us in in slavery
0: in a way of the ego. Yeah, Frank, Frank and, Herbert you know, in Dune he calls it the mind killer. Says fear is the mind killer. Uh, absolutely. Well,
1: the, the fear is the ego killer. Yeah, that's right. The ego So
0: killer.
1: Uh, because the mind is the ego, mind mind mm-hmm. the ego is is made up of the uh, of the ego. And it's interesting. You mentioned your mom. Um, um, I went to see my mother uh, as you remember we had to reschedule our appointment because she yeah. she had an uh, accident so she had a um a surgery uh, on her brain and so she came out of the surgery but she she's not able to move she's she's suffering and she's 80, 81 years old so uh, mm-hmm. my intent was to help her that you know it's it's easier to let go of this body and go and get another fresher body because you'll enjoy it more. You don't need to suffer. But because this this even though she accepted, even though she agrees with me, she nods. But still, something in her is just not letting go. Mm-hmm. And this is what we need to we what, what very important to understand that in the spiritual work that we're doing. Um. There there are phases that we need to go through. And this is the, the whole work that I did with this book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing in the Consciousness. I tried to create a map of all the steps that we go through so that there is an understanding that, first of all, we need to start developing our ego so it's completely in a healthy state before we can actually let go. And the reason people are not able to let go of the ego is because... They haven't really healed or developed that ego to the place where you could say, "Today is a good day to die," and because people haven't lived their life fully, because they're still what I call the wounded ego is still, you know, eating up on their energy and creates so many holes in the energy. That's why people come; they become older, but they're not really matured enough to to have an understanding
0: that life is temporary and of course because I, think you have to live. I think you explained that really really well Mata. it was making me think that our understanding of karma and rebirth um, can be explained very easily by what you just said that really when people uh, it, you know karma isn't some cosmic punishment it's at least that's not how I see it I see it as you know the baggage that we're carrying of unfulfillment as you said the ego isn't developed it hasn't become satisfied it hasn't become fulfilled it hasn't uh, become at peace with itself it hasn't lived its own life and therefore it has to keep trying and trying and trying and trying because it's just led that way and then when once we finally find that place of peace we're able to say okay i don't have to keep trying so hard i'm actually pretty happy i mean that's that's kind of what i'm i'm kind of hearing what you're saying plus what i'm seeing what what do you believe well, that's exactly right, and and uh, this
1: is where, uh, like I said, I created this map so people understand there are seven stages of ego's development, and while the ego develops, consciousness develops simultaneously, mm-hmm. and and it's not a mental process it's actually an organic process and it's really good to understand what are the stages how does it develop in each stage how what is needed to, in order to transform the ego to heal the ego and transform it and move higher and the, these stages are very closely related to our chakra system and they're very closely also related to our the stages of our lives in seven-year cycles
0: and, can you, can, um, you name, can you show us? Can you take us quickly through those seven stages? Because you've mentioned them twice, and I'm really intrigued to know what they are. Um, well, <laughs> the, the, uh, I know it's a big, long thing, but
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it will be probably uh, quite, quite, quite lengthy to start explaining it. But, okay. um, but just, just imagine the the formation stage, the development stage, and. Um my goodness it took me actually 7 years to write this book. And the reason it did uh, take me so long is because every step was really thought after uh, not only um I had to create this map you know based on um my 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 own experience but also looking at the collective unconsciousness because it's the collective unconsciousness that keeps us um from Actually, being able to know what we need to do with ourselves, and I could give an mm-hmm. example here. For example, okay. you know, uh, th- there's a group of people. Um, normally, the way we are, the way we live our life, we when something doesn't go right, when we have experienced pain and we're experience unhappiness, we always project it on somebody else and think that it's somebody else's fault. So, because so and so did this. This is why I'm not happy because my parents didn't treat me this, you know, the way I wanted. This is why um, my life is like this. This is why I'm suffering. So what 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 we need to um, do is the step to to move past that is there's a group of people I would say probably in the 60s, especially this was happening 60s 70s, who recognize that I need to take responsibility for um, my life, if I want to change it, I have to do something. So then slowly that awareness grew in the 80s. I think people started looking at, you know, positive affirmations, changing the negative mind to positive, uh, changing the environment. And some changes started happening to these people. There was more empowerment started happening with with them and they could actually start taking charge um uh of their life but then mm-hmm. what happens now is we have come to another stage in our development where actually all that preparation that was done in terms of you know positive affirmations changing negative thoughts into positive thoughts um it it prepared people to a certain degree to come to this point where they are now realizing Okay I did all this I, there was some change but there's still something is stuck and still I'm not able to to feel internally content and you know I have to say that it's, it I noticed this especially with people that started coming to me um for help uh, to to you know um to get to the next stage, and this is where my my healing method is so powerful because this is the transition stage where it takes you from from that stuckness of the mind. We have to remember that the mind is where the problem is. So even though you're trying to change the negative mind to positive mind, you're still using the mind.
0: And in order so when to actually, come to you, yeah, I was just going to say, when people do come to you for this healing, model, do they are they usually coming because they're, they know that they're stuck in a, in a mental, and a, or and or emotional place, or because they are are stuck in uh, in a state of physical unhealth. What what what's the most common? Was it both? all all of that? All of all of that. All of
1: that. they come mm-hmm. sometimes when they're physically they have a physical problem that um, allopathic medicine hasn't been able to resolve. That other alternatives uh, alternative healings haven't been able to resolve. So they come uh, when that happens. They come when there's an emotional stuckness. And most people who come to me are people who have already done a lot of work. And I love working Mm -hmm. with these people because they have done all the preparation work. In other words, to come to a place of understanding that the only thing that is going to transform is uh, they're ready for that transformation, in other words. Because what is keeping us in pain and suffering is our unconsciousness. And the moment that unconsciousness is transformed, then everything falls into place because this is the true health that happens. This is why I uh, subtitle also the book Healing into Consciousness. And my second book will start with that, Healing into Consciousness with my method, which is actually a self-healing version of my method that I've devised, um, Mm -hmm. which will be coming out in 2012. But the key for... Ultimate health is actually um, consciousness, and this method actually uses consciousness.
0: Can you can you perhaps? Uh, I always am very sensitive that people may you know I don't want to talk about past clients or divulge any confidentiality. But can you it's, maybe somebody can take that phone? <laughs> but mm-hmm. can you possibly give an example either of your own? You know, an, an example that you've. Had with your own health and healing, or in a in a client perhaps uh, that you know maybe maybe has already given a testimonial where they where the consciousness was at the root of a, of a health issue, um, and and how did this uh, you know how did this help them?
1: Well, there there are, uh, I have many many examples, and um, mm-hmm. actually the the one of the later I, I usually try to um, give very dramatic examples. Mm-hmm. And one of the very very dramatic examples from very um, recent um, uh, examples that I saw someone was um, a a situation where she felt that her whole body was being um, uh, uh, eaten up by uh, Mm. some parasites or by some worms. And she went to uh, do tests. She was doing, you know, she did uh, stool tests uh, several times and nothing was found yet she can actually feel that something's happening in her body and she can even feel it you can even see it on her skin there were some you know little dots and uh, um, red points in the skin that you could tell something's going on but uh, she and she tried everything of course when she came to me, what I saw was that it was a past life experience that she had as um as a soldier she She died on a battlefield being wounded and obviously when you're wounded and you cannot move, what happened mm-hmm. you're literally um your body gets literally um Uh, eaten up by the worms and then you die in that state of feeling absolute helplessness that you cannot help yourself and and the trauma is so strong on the mental um, state that you start believing that i'm helpless so when i worked with her and she remembered this Life because it's very easy for me. I first look at the energy, I can identify, I could see what is the root cause of whatever the problem is, because unless we go to the root cause, you know we we keep cutting branches and then new branches come. So when I see the root cause, then I work with a person's body directly, and the way I work with, with it is looking at all these beliefs that are imprinted in the cellular memory, and uh, then we go into those imprints we, we uh, bring them back into life, and release them, and with that release there is a consciousness that comes in and sees it as a story, and sees it as something that, um, you know, as though you're looking at this movie, but you recognize that, oh, I believed that I was helpless, but I'm actually not helpless. And right now mm-hmm. this is not happening anymore. So something has happened then, and then the next step is to ask yourself, why did this happen? Why did I have to experience this? Because obviously every experience that we have is there so that we can learn uh, our spiritual lessons and transform into consciousness. And the moment she saw the lesson, And the lesson was, as a soldier, she was feeling, well, she became a soldier, feeling completely powerless and completely giving her power away to authority. And this lifetime, she saw that she had done the same thing. It was the same pattern of giving away her power to authority, giving away the power to everyone else that she thought was in authority and feeling helpless. And that was still in the body, the memory and that whole uh, pattern. And once she saw that actually she is not helpless and, and her whole experience was there in order for her to learn that she has the power to create her life the way she wants and she does not need to depend on the, you know, what other people say, then this is where the healing happens. This is where transformation happens. And with that, you can take that further into then working with the fear of death. Because ultimately, every step that we do in our healing process brings us to that fear because every time we've died, we have experienced the fear of death and then the fear of the unknown. And this is where the ego stays intact. This is where we have difficulty letting go of the ego. So mm-hmm. in order to come to that place of saying today is a good day to die, we need. this is why we need to do this process of healing into consciousness step by step.
0: Hmm. So, you know, what, when somebody comes in this case you were saying that the the woman had gotten to a point where she realized that it had it was something that happened in the past and it wasn't happening now. What if the medical condition actually was um you know it wasn't merely psychosomatic. It was something that was really present now, like cancer or um in my case I'm having a I'm having a, a thyroid Thing that I think's been going on since I was like a kid, but it's only recently been diagnosed something that's that's lingering as a chronic illness and is and can be seen in the body what uh how would you work with that because obviously there may be other other levels to it than, than oh, just the principle mine, maybe. is the same way. Yeah, it's absolutely mm-hmm. the same. And
1: I've, I've worked with people with thyroid, and the thyroid mm-hmm. condition is completely resolved. I've, I've worked with people with asthma. I've worked with people with fibromyalgia, and completely resolved. Because the body follows consciousness. This is, And this is something new that we need to start understanding. So, first mm-hmm. of all, like like I said, we need to look at the root cause. And if you like, we can actually quickly look at your thyroid issue right now.
0: Uh, Well, as long as it's not too personal on the air, I'm sure everybody there's going, yeah, 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 Lynn, go for it, go for it. Okay, go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, um, it's up to you. We don't have to, you know, put you on the spot. But what what we need to understand is, ultimately, it's the thought forms, repressed thought Mm -hmm. forms, and Mm -hmm. beliefs, and experiences, and emotions that block the energy. Mm -hmm. And... It's it's as simple as releasing what's blocking the energy. It's simple as releasing those thought forms and emotions from the body. And this is what my method does. And not only it releases from one area of the body, but it releases from the entire body, because we do need to work with the entire body. We can't just work locally with one area. Because, you know, um, one area might be saying, uh, in one area of the body might be repressed, uh, some positive thoughts in another area might be repressed. Negative thoughts. And when, when I say repressed, what does it mean? It's all the thoughts and emotions that we've experienced, but we have not expressed them, and we have not mm-hmm. lived them. And we all know that, mm-hmm. don't we? We, you know, we have a conversation with someone, and we think one thing, and we say something else. And and I've seen this as a child. I was able to read people's thought forms, and I could tell. That they're thinking something and they're saying something else, and this really confused me when I was a child. But now, you know, uh, as an adult, especially after understanding the human condition, is how I was able to then um, develop this method. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even looking to develop any healing method because, you know, I was never interested to become a healer. So this this sort of method uh, revealed itself as I. Um, you know, started working with people and gradually understood the whole mechanism of how everything is working. And once consciousness comes in, once those repressed thoughts and emotions are released, and of course, what are they? They are our uh, judgments, they are our beliefs, they are our history, and they could be very easily released. We don't have to do any mental work. This is another important point to understand because with mental work, we can only do so far and so much. And that's why I say um, people who find me, they've done the preparation work. They've already gone through those steps that they understand mm-hmm. the mind is the problem. and but, but they feel stuck. They don't know how to work with the mind because, you know, it's, it's easy to... to to do energy work and there's you know many energy healing works people you know move energy with their hands their reiki and um you know um sort of um um massage um craniosacral all these healing methods they're they're wonderful and they're wonderful to keep up to keep the body's health you know um tuned tuned up and to to keep the body in good shape but there's something that um, these methods don't do they don't really go into what kind of beliefs are repressed in the body that are creating the blocks it's like uh, when, when i'm working with uh, my method it's almost like imagine if you put thousand acupuncture noodles in your body that's the amount of energy that gets released very quickly, and with that release, consciousness is already within you, within everybody basically what's blocking it is all the conditionings, the beliefs, everything that you know uh, we think to be good or bad, everything that we've conditioned to think as good or bad, all the religious conditionings, social conditionings, our personal you know family conditionings the um um the patterns that we bring from previous lifetimes the patterns that we uh, adopt from our parents so all these things are what blocking our consciousness and in order to get to ultimate health to get to the uh, silent presence and start living in the present those are the layers that need to be uh, released and transformed and um, And we can do it quickly now because I feel, as I was saying, there was gradual preparation of, you know, from step to step, people understanding that, oh, okay, so I need to change my negative thoughts to positive. Okay, now I changed that. Now there's still something not happening. Oh, okay, I need to start meditating. Oh, okay, I need to start finding my inner silence. So there's an understanding now. I need to find my inner silence and presence. But many people go, how do I do that? And this is where... Uh, you know, my method comes in that makes the meditation actually easy because I've had people who've never meditated in their life, and within within one little session, have an experience of meditation that people rarely have when they meditate for ten, fifteen years.
0: Mm. Um, I'm I'm watching the time, and we only have about 15 minutes. I want to make sure we get in some talk about some of your other stuff as well and about the book as well. Um, With regards to to this, the thing that's baffling me with regards to myself is that at this stage of life, I'm I'm almost 57 years old, and I I am more aware, more present, more happy, you know, happier, more satisfied, more pleased in general than I've ever, ever been and at the same time this um this health issue, which i think I think it's getting nasty lately because it's probably something I had my whole life that was ignored, yeah, um and so it's really it's really trying to get its attention <laughs> it's really trying to get my yep. attention so uh and I'm aware of that, but I can't figure out why the heck um I feel so good right now in every other way in life, financially, emotionally business you know just in terms of self satisfaction i feel so good and why now my health is being being such a challenge that i find interesting any tips on that yeah yeah you know i can give you uh, absolutely what happened is
1: that the the older the body starts getting the mm-hmm. more of the issues that we bring in um that have not been transformed they start coming up to the surface because there's something mm-hmm. that when we're young um Things stay intact, and um, um, we don 't really see them, although as children we see them, we know them, but then we forget about them as the body starts getting older those things come to the surface, and they need to be worked with so so the The, the grace is that okay, if you didn't have a chance to work with them when you were younger, existence mm-hmm. gives you an opportunity to work with them before you leave your body so mm-hmm. that's that's the beauty of. The compassion of existence it it always yes. gives us opportunities and um I think I could tell you at least put you in a, in a direction here which I think mm-hmm. it wouldn't be that threatening threatening on air but what okay. what I would All suggest right. you look into is the fear to give your power away because there's something that there's fear in your body to give your power away, and you you have to you have to get back to the time where um when you felt that and the cause why do you have the fear to give your power away now if you look
0: inside now do
1: you do you resonate with what, what i'm saying
0: um honest uh yeah i'm one one aspect of my life yeah but not to, um an awful lot of my um i think i gave my power away a lot earlier in life. As a lot of people my age will probably say if they've gone through any kind of you know healing process um, you know, and I'm not in that state as a rule. But the one thing I haven't done, uh, Mada, oh, here I go, here I go, di- uh, disclosing some of my personal life. I haven't bothered to have a, uh, a close relationship with anyone in the last, uh, 10 years. And I'm sure that that's part of self-protection, uh, because of, you know, past things that have happened. Uh, but, uh, but that's, and I'm, I'm keep asking myself, are these two things related? And maybe, maybe they are.
1: Well, the thing is, you need to remember that, okay, you have the fear to, to give your power away, then you have to ask the question, why do I have this fear? And well, I could answer. Answer. If if it's
0: relationships, I could answer that really easily. <laughs> I don't have to guess,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, on on mental level, you know that, but on a on physical level, the body still remembers the past experiences where you have given yes. the power away. And this is where yeah. I mean that the body needs to be worked with. And you can't just yeah. work with that thought form just, you know, um, the, uh, with, with a positive intent or moving energy through your body. You need to really, really see what is that unconscious belief
0: that is still stuck and imprinted in the cellular memory. And now, I don't think it's so much reality. of an unconscious belief. I think it's a pretty conscious belief, um, or at least it, maybe not mentally I, I know it's not right, but I know that there's a lot of, uh, well, it, I mean, people who've listened to the show before know that I was I was in an abusive marriage for a really, really long time. So I've spent a lot of time alone since then, because uh, it did traumatize me. It traumatized my body as well, because I got uh, some injuries from it. And so, you know, that, and that's there, but I, it's so long ago. That I'm not you know there's no um you know i feel quite i feel quite you know I've moved a long way past it and I've rebuilt my life rebuilt my life so much, and I don't like to think that I'm still in a blame place, but I'm wondering if yeah there's something about the trauma that's still in the body that's just not not healed yet so well there there
1: there are layers there are layers to 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 get to my sense is there's something even from past life but there's there that, that is carried over but mm-hmm. the layers are so you need to look at okay so the first layer to um, fear to give the power away then the next layer underneath that is um, afraid to trust so mm-hmm. then the question why am I afraid to trust and okay y- yes you've had traumatic experiences that's why the mind says I've had those experiences that's why uh, I can't trust people because they might hurt me, so then, why did this experience happen? What was the lesson for you to learn? as I said there's always the lesson, and the lesson is always to come to realization that I don't depend on anyone i'm I'm perfectly okay as I am, and but it has to be a full body experience, and i don't need to to be afraid to give my power away because I have the power to decide. Uh, when I can say yes and when I can say no. And if mm-hmm. the fear is still there, means there's something underneath it in the unconscious that is still sabotaging mm-hmm. that understanding. It's more than
0: that, and 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 I and we don't actually have time to go into my whole case history here. There, there's many other things that I'm not going to go into right now, uh, especially not on the air. No offense, listeners, but I'm not. <laughs> so, um, But I'm looking again at the time, and I want to make sure that we go into uh it, it, people know how to find you first of all and also your book and you have some some classes or cds or something also that you wanted to mention so tell us about that those kind of practical side of things so people make sure they know how to get in touch with you uh,
1: the, uh i have a uh, and uh, i have teleclasses that um, i offer every couple of months and there's a special on my website with the purchase of the book uh, In Search of the Miraculous and the No Yes Active Meditation CD people can get uh, a free teleclass. and mm-hmm. I also have an 8-week online course coming up at the end of October which uh, would allow people to, well, we're going to be looking into each person's energy individually and we go through each chakra to see what is blocking in each chakra, uh, the, the mm-hmm. beliefs and thought forms and uh, then i give specific uh, suggestions to each person to work throughout the week and uh we'll be practicing with different active meditations uh, each week as well and um uh, and then we meet um uh on online uh, over the phone and we uh every week so we go over um, uh, whatever's happening and and uh, again uh, getting guidance and sort of deepening and, and peeling many layers in a very short time. And uh, so that's that's the eight-week online course October 30th that it starts. And
0: what's the website, Mada? Because we didn't say that yet.
1: Uh, MadaDalian.com or HealingIntoConsciousness.com
0: Okay, I'm going to just spell that for people who are listening. MadaDalian m- is spelled... Yeah, go ahead. M a m mm-hmm. a d a d a l i a n dot com and uh healing into consciousness all one word dot com. Fantastic. So you've got the telecourse coming up and you've got uh, you've got the book called he- um uh, in search of the miraculous healing into consciousness. And so if people if people take part in these things, what kinds of what might they expect from reading the book, let's say? Uh the book is um it it will give you um Uh,
1: almost like will open up a new sky. And it will give the person um, a a deeper understanding of of the journey. It will give many practical exercises. There's many exercises. There's many questions and answers. And uh, it's almost like the book could be, you know, just opening a page every day could be like a little tarot card. Like you can get, uh, whatever you open is very relevant. This is what people tell me. It's so relevant to what they're going through. So there'll be like a little, you know, um, um, exercise or it could be um, a passage that they're reading that is very relevant that could help them on their journey. So it's a very, it's not the kind of a book that uh, you you read and you put aside. It could be used uh, on ongoing basis as a as a support on the journey.
0: Mm, great. It's kinda of like something you keep on the by the bed and dip in and out. Um yeah. On different yeah. occasions, is that right? That's yeah. that's right. Fantastic. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and what would you um it you know, I'm looking let's see, how much time we got? Yeah, we got plenty of time. If if you had five minutes here to kind of summarize what what you would wish for the listeners to go away uh with today. What what would they How do they get started? How can they get started on this journey? Uh,
1: Well, my favorite, uh, if we were to maybe suggest an exercise, for example, um, my favorite would be to to suggest for people to do this very simple um, practice, to practice looking at everything while at the same time remaining aware of yourself as the observer. And so we could call it as as observation with self awareness so looking at everything because we normally look at life as an observer, so we look outside of ourselves and My suggestion is to look at everything outside as you're looking outside, but at the same time, look at yourself. That is observing what you're observing on the outside. That's why you can always keep the energy going backwards, backwards to yourself. And this is what we need. We need to take the energy back into ourselves so we can build that self-awareness that is necessary in order to have, uh, you know, the, the, the deeper understanding of who am I? What? Why am I reacting this way? Why something is bothering me? How am I behaving? And this would be a very fast track way to also come into that experience of that inner uh presence
0: mhm okay, so stepping outside of itself and looking at uh yourself i i mean, I know I use that technique in coaching quite a lot because it i think it i think it helps people develop compassion towards themselves, especially if they see um, themselves as a child or uh, in a situation that was particularly, like you talked before about feeling helpless. Um, I've, I've seen that when you can step out of yourself and look at yourself being helpless instead of No, no, being that's critical, not what I meant, Lynn. That's not what I meant. I meant when you're looking okay. at
1: whatever you're observing outside, at the same time observe yourself. In other words, if you're washing dishes, you observe yourself washing dishes. If you're talking observe yourself talking um, yeah. if you're okay. reading observe yourself reading so it's a self-observation uh, technique that would allow you to this is how you come into the present because coming out of sight of yourself takes you out of the present and takes you into the story this is to bring you into the present so then even when you start looking at the story, you can look at the story from the present moment and this way you start disidentifying from the story instead of letting the story take you out somewhere. This is the problem mm-hmm. because our mind is so uh, it so quickly takes us out from the present. To come into the present, we need to observe the mind and the way to observe it is when you're observing um, your Yourself talk. You can start observing your thoughts. You can start observing in action. So it's it's a self self-obser- uh, self observation in action. If we're um, you know uh, uh, unhappy with something and uh, we say, oh, I don't like this, observe yourself saying, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. So it's a self observation exercise. Whatever you're doing. Um, Observe the outside and at the same time observe yourself as the observer of what is being observed on the outside.
0: What would people expect to find that does for them once they develop that awareness? Oh, they they find lots of things
1: that the mind is trying to find. You can find that inner peace. You can find more the power you could come closer to yourself to re- realize that oh i'm not helpless you can start finding the joy inside the joy of actually awareness is the most incredible joy that anybody can experience the the happiness that we normally look for uh, on the outside we think if if you know this happens i'll be happy if um you know um uh I have this kind of a relationship, I'll be happy. But it never happens, really. But the relationship with yourself, once you start having that relationship with yourself and start observing yourself and start seeing all those layers that and start getting lighter, then the joy that comes out of that, the joy of being alone, it uh, it just surpasses any kind of dependency. And this is where mm-hmm. you start feeling that I, I, I'm actually enough unto myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, uh, Mada, I was going to say, Eliza, uh, Mada, thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm um, sure that uh, everybody who is listening got some very wonderful tips. And I just want to repeat your website for people to check you out. It's Mada, it's Mada Dalian, is that right? M- yes. dot com, and also... HealingIntoConsciousness.com Thank you, Mata, so much for being my guest today. Oh, yeah, you're very welcome and a very thank you very much, Lynn. I think we covered a lot today. An awful lot, yeah. It was, a, it was really good. Thanks so much. And now, listeners, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, next week. Next week, actually, I do not actually have the, uh, the guest for next week, but we will have a show next week and it's going to be on Wednesday, October 12th. And uh, that's, again, at the regular time of 6 p.m. UK, 1 p.m. Eastern. I didn't get the confirmation of the guest, but I promised you just want to remind you that uh, if you uh, enjoy the show, the Windsurfing so, Show, please follow us here on Fox You can also sign up to receive my bi-monthly newsletter here at com. that's dot com. And that way you'll get a regular broadcast bag of all of our guests. So um, you know, music. Okay, I'm trying to put this book.